Rick. Rick. Rick put her there. Oh, that was it. Really? That was absolutely fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> hey, and your idea about throwing the little girl on the ground, that just worked like a charm. Yeah, I figured you, you said Shakespeare. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah. That was, and that's what I mean by scare me. Yeah. Evil yeah. Hamlet scares yeah. people. All right. Oh, and by the way, <clears throat> Beaner Bronco Buster? Yeah. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> improv. <laughs> oh, it was wonderful. It was just, that was a triple alliterative improv. Don't hear those too often. No. Okay? All right. We're we all good. Don't need to go again. No, we're done. That was fantastic. All right. Okay, moving on. We're in the bordello. Next setup. That was the best acting I've ever seen in my whole life. Thank you. Gentlemen, you're listening to the real Don Steele. KHJ Los Angeles. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first official episode of Fine Movies. Fine spirits. I don't want to say I'm your host. I'm kind of acting as the MC for tonight's festivities. My name, you may know me on Twitter at Mikey underscore C or at Geek Mentality. With me tonight are two participants. First one, he was a one-time across-the-street neighbor of mine for a better part of a decade. Uh, when I was obsessed with making movies, he was my number one muse, and I even got him to wear a dress for one feature film where he would not be ignored. And if this Halloween he does not go dressed as Johnny Lawrence, it is an amazing missed opportunity. Please welcome to the podcast, Christopher Mars. Thank you, thank you. You get to edit that uh, dress part out, Mikey. Absolutely, yes, definitely. Let me make a note of. And that. I have, uh, I have gone to a costume party as Johnny Lawrence already. Oh, excellent! But, but the new Johnny Lawrence? No, not not the, the current Johnny Lawrence. Oh, he's the best. Absolutely. But uh, all I have to say is uh, this pod is as real as a donut, motherfucker. Fantastic. But we are not alone. We are also joined from another one-time neighbor of mine who lived behind me and then across the street from me for about the same amount of time. He's probably my oldest and dearest friend for over 40 years. He's the Jan Brady to Chris's Peter Brady. He's five foot eight and a good set of heels. And next to my wife and my brother, he's the person I've slept the most amount of time in the same room with. Please welcome to the podcast, Mr. David Corsetto, who's eating while podcasting. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much. Welcome, You're Chris. Now, not gentlemen, afraid it'll make him sluggish. Not at all. Nope. This is uh, Fine Movies, Fine Spirits. Tonight, our fine movie is, of course, the Quentin Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And the Fine Spirits, Chris, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking just to, I'm going to start things off with a Tito's Martini, uh, extra dry. Well, so dry, there's no vermouth, of course, three olives. I I understood some of that. David? Start, starting off with that. What are you drinking this evening? I'm actually drinking tonight Eagle Rare. It's a fine whiskey, perfect over ice. Chris doesn't like it over ice. However, I do. 
So that's all that matters. And I'm about to open up a sweet can of Fresca. Fresca, sparkling soda water. Mm-mm. I thought you were at least going to choke down a, a Bud Lime or some. See, I was going to, I was going to like start being the is a teetotaler. I was just going to drink hot tea for, for every episode. Yeah, Angry Orchard, more like you. Yeah. Very disappointed that you weren't going with the whiskey sours. Nope. I I should have went with the whiskey sour tonight. Shit. They look so good. Yeah, they do. So in the giant, uh, in the giant, um, what's the, the tumbler? No, not, not a tumbler. No. Decanter. One of those, um, German. The, the uh, what are those German? Steins. Yeah, Steins. it's like a Stein with a lid. Yeah. How many so, of those German steins did you have at your house growing up? I had a few. I don't know what 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 happened to them. We I had even, a yeah, I had too, some. and I don't know what happened to them either. Either pretty sad. All right, so off to a roaring start. Absolutely, this is what the people are paying for. Uh, so, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the most recent film from Quentin Tarantino, writer, director, sometimes actor. The ninth, the and ninth, possibly, of, and possibly out of possibly ten. Supposedly, right. he was supposed to be 10. ten and done. Um, so, when did you first come across Quentin Tarantino? When did he first come um, make your radar? You know what I mean. It was. It was. I didn't see Reservoir Dogs in the movies. I don't think it was probably like limited, like in Boston or places like that. But it was definitely Reservoir Dogs, and we, you know, immediately like, wow! I never saw anything like this. This is, this is it. This is this this type of movie was made for me. You know, just great di- the, the dialogue and the the violence. Um, <laughs> Gotta love so, the violence. So I became a, a huge Tarantino junkie, and uh, used to be it was like an event to to go to the, to go to the movies. I'm a, I'm ashamed to say I didn't see this in the movies. Like I. I and, and the way things are now, it's sad. It's like, this was in the movies a couple of years ago. I, I didn't even go see this in the movies. I, I mean, oh, this? I saw it, you know, yeah. multiple times. I, I've seen it 10 times plus, but still. Yeah, the, I wish the same. The it was um, Reservoir Dogs. My brother brought it home um, from on VHS, you know, from the video store. Uh, but, but then, uh, David, what about with you? Me? was... 100% Pulp Fiction. I saw it, in fact, with your brother. And me. The three Thank of us you. went to go see it, yes. That blew my mind. I can I can remember like going in excited because of Reservoir Dogs, um, excited from the commercials. And for some reason, the line that makes me, that I think of for that night of seeing the movie is when he had the watch up his ass. <laughs> that line. And the, I can picture you laughing. I don't know. That... It's a fantastic um, monologue, fantastic speech. Unbelievable. I, we're, you and I had this debate the other night, Chris, that that was probably his best movie. I, mean, I don't dialogue. think we had a debate. I, 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 it's my favorite movie, although Inglorious Bastards. Now, as far as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I don't even, I, I, I haven't placed it yet. It could be the third. Like, I just, I'm still trying to soak it in. But Inglorious Bastards, it, the more I watch that, is it's just Great the acting at the beginning with, with the with Waltz and the dairy farmer, both of them are fantastic. And it's just like scary the way it's shot. And then the whole movie's great. 
So, yeah, of course, that different type of movie as we get to talk about. This is definitely unique. Uh, one thing, one big thing, as far as I'm concerned, than most of the Tarantino movies. And of course, um, Inglorious Bastard starred Brad Pitt. And then his, also I don't Brad know if it was his next film, might have been Django. I'm not sure if it was Django or Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight was his eighth movie, uh, so I would think Django. Django was Django was next, I think. Yeah, which of well, course is... um, co-starred Leonardo DiCaprio, and now he was fantastic in that also. They're together. Quentin Tarantino gets could get like a great performance out of anybody, like Tom Wopat, Don Johnson. He gets he puts these people in his movies, and they're oh, you don't think so of them great. as actors, and they're even for Kurt Russell, bit Kurt Russell, you know, a handful of roles. In a couple different roles in this movie, kind of a couple different. Uh, was the narrator? Things. Narrator and Randy. Yep. Randy. Mm-hmm. So neither so. of you saw this movie in the theater. No, I actually saw this movie because Chris was raving about it, time you know nonstop. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try it. And to Chris's point, I this the more I watch this movie, the more this climbs the ladder for me. The acting, the the um, the unbelievable imagery, the yep. such detail to like the small watching today. I'm listening to the newscast about a bombing in Vietnam that you know killed a thousand um, troops. Like the, just the detention of those little things just pulls this movie so perfectly together. That's probably the best part, as far as I'm concerned. For me, the reason I love it so much is the performances. Ridiculous, DiCaprio. We'll, we'll get into it as we go on. But DiCaprio was working on like five levels. I think it's his best. It might not just be his best Tarantino. Well, there's just two. It might be his best performance of all time. Yeah, and, and this was. I think this was Brad's best performance too. I think it's, this. It's up there. I, I don't know. I love this. The role he played in this was just so smooth. Yeah, it was great. So. Just unbelievable. And Tarant. I so mean, then, uh, DiCaprio. There's, there's a moment where. He's acting, and you can kind of see him. He's he's acting as the actor, but you it's just it is ridiculously and is layered. The, and this is the first time they worked worked together, and their chemistry was, was fucking incredible. Oh, Brad Pitt and DiCaprio. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were great. They were great. First time they ever worked and, together. But, you never you never know that. It looked like they were like just like friends, like we all you know we were in the past. Just made it easy, you know. But one thing, yeah, DiCaprio. When you see him as an actor, and then you see him, so you see DiCaprio. You first see him in in the in Bounty Law. You know, you see him in in actually acting as a you know as a starring role. Then you see him very smooth on the Kincaid show. What's his name? Um, Alan Kincaid. So, and then you see how smooth he is when he tells the story. Can I fall off a horse? You know. Sure. Yes, I can. Yes, I have. You know, the boys <laughs> loving it. Then you see him. Then you wrote, see him on. with the ticks. I wrote that as a note tonight. To, to, to right. freaking tell that sentence out. That sentence is so fucking funny, the way he says it. One of the many millions of sentences that it's, should have been written out. The, 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 just the way he shows how fragile he is and everything he says to try to build himself up. Well, the opening yep. scene with him is, you know, basically about his life and where his life is going in the shitter. Yep. And then you, know? you see him, his face with the ticks, 
and the stutter and with the straw and then you see sorry straw i gotta work on my uh i gotta work on my enunciation you know uh for this for the podcasting but um then you see him right you see his insecurities he's a mess and but then you see him i, I think he might be the best actor of all time in in um in lancer mm-hmm. I, I don't think that girl was lying that was so good I really don't think was she's it, lying. Well, I mean, we'll get to that scene, but that was some that actually was some of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. Bino Bronco Buster. <laughs> Just no, alliteration. Yeah. Triple alliteration, yeah. Yep. By the way, hey. I, I told you guys that I, I went down a rabbit hole actually on YouTube watching an episode of Lancer starring uh starring um what's his name? Guy is, guy is Johnny Madrid. So that was an actual. It was an actual show. Yeah, Bounty Law was was a fictional was show. a um, was fictional, but Lancer was an actual show. Because I, I thought I heard something where Tarantino was going to make an actual show. He's going to make Bounty. Uh, I think he's going to make Bounty Law. Yeah. Yes, that's I saw that. That that's in the. That's in production or it's in planning or something. James Stacy was a real actor who played it. And we'll, and we'll get to him. Dave, you mentioned his motorcycle accent. But yes. uh, he would, so that's why I got I went down a rabbit hole watching uh, an episode of Lancer starring him as Johnny Madrid. It was Johnny Madrid Lancer. So. But yes, so the performances are unbelievable. I'm going to try to not use the same adjective as we go i don't i don't want to be stuck in a corner i don't want to be typecast but the performances were my favorite part about the whole thing and then also like dave said attention to detail that's the best part if 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 i you know i can't imagine having grown up in the 60s in that area in california seeing all the things remembering those commercials because he takes everything from you know from that from the commercials from you know the the signs the just and the music obviously and that's just music that's his brilliance in directing the detail that's what's that's what my favorite thing is the the detail the music and the performances that's why it's just such a entertaining he didn't didn't allow anyone to have phones on set i I was reading that yeah oh really i didn't i didn't hear that I read a couple yeah. things like that and um, that this this script, he, the only full version of the script he had because a few of his other movies leaked leaks. out. Yeah. And he... There like, were many alternate endings too. So they shot a bunch of different... Yes, yeah. I believe it. They probably shot the one where... There was three different endings. Yeah. The, three the different real endings. historical. One of, which, one of which was which Cliff Booth actually dies in the, in the fight. That makes sense. Yeah. The um, but like the dialogue, any Tarantino movie dialogue, is is excellent. But he he's one of those guys where you don't you don't ad lib. You read you do it exactly how it's written. That's his. I think right. You think of dialogue, right? Go back to Pulp Fiction, John Travolta, and just right. Samuel Jackson in that diner. That could be some of the best dialogue of all time. The the, the conversations they had spawned so many copycats of people having random conversations in movies. Yep. It really was. 
but what's funny is I don't think like this doesn't have all the like the same. There's a few situ few uh, scenes that have it, but it doesn't have the same type of Tarantino dialogue. You know what I mean? Like, no, it I doesn't guess. seem yeah, it's, to. It's not as it's not as intense. Maybe it's, it's a intense. It's sign of the times, like more. Yeah. You know. Yep. Now was was um. Al Pacino's character a fictional character? You know what? That's a good question. I that, that I don't even know. Schwarz. I love I love um Schwarz, yeah, not Schwarz. 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 Oh, but one the one thing I wanted to make again, the a huge distinction between this and other Tarantino movies, in my opinion. Like for the most part, in every Tarantino movie, the like the stakes. I mean, this is like most movies. The stakes are so high that yeah. you know you're nervous. Reservoir Dogs. Depending on who you're rooting for, it, yeah. you know you're getting you're going to jail, or your your character's dying, or and that's the case with most you know Inglorious Bastards. It's all, the stakes are huge, obviously. Yeah. In this, until the end, where you're nervous, you know what you happened know. in real yeah. life is going to happen, or different history you know, an, another type of murder is going to happen. The stakes are, you know, a guy's career. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not like life for death, but it's still, um, it it, it's still just to me, uh, it's, it still puts you on, you know, puts, puts you on the edge of your seat. It's put, put you on the edge of your seat. It's still just in, interesting as hell. And yeah. if you don't love this movie, you're, you're a simpleton. So. You're a fucking simpleton. <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't get a lot. If you look at like Rotten Tomatoes, Rotten Tomatoes always scores at like a seventy-three or something. No, ridiculous. Does it really? I think, it, I think it was low. It was. It was definitely. It was very low. I don't know if my my brothers are listening, but I said, "Oh, you want to come? Want me to send you the Zoom?" That link? wasn't it. That wasn't a shot at Sean. <laughs> but I go, "You want me to send you the Zoom link?" He goes, "No, I don't want to get barraged by Chris." Well, you know what it is. I don't think people I appreciate. Didn't... The actual, you, you got to appreciate the times too. So, like, if you're a fan of the '60s, like, it kind of jumps off to your senses, right? You, you, you love that because you want to be a part of that, like, that generation. Yeah, but you don't really have to be. It's just no. But I just, I mean, I just like, I think if you, if you, no, I'm just, if you like acting and not that, like, I think if you're right, Chris, if you look at all the other Tarantino movies, is it is so much different than the rest of his movies. So if you're like, if you're like like a said, hardcore fan. You might not take that jump, you know, that leap of faith and say, oh, okay, it was, it was great. Like I, I said, you're it. a simpleton if you're like, this is it for the plot. <laughs> exactly. You're, you're not there because of this, like, oh, my God, what's going to happen next story. You're there because, well, for me, it's because of the performances, really. Oh, it was, it was performances. That I like. You know, if you like history, I mean, you, you're, you're getting some of the best history, like 1969. I mean, that's a huge year in this country, right? And well, then you have, and then you have the Sharon Tate saga at the end. And like, you know, that, that was intense. I mean, what a bloodbath that was. It's so basically, it's, it's basically, this is my, my take at least the movie. This is what the movie's about. It's a, it's, it is a love letter at, to Hollywood, as they say, you know what I mean? It's like all the old, old Hollywood, the, TV shows, the movies, it has so many clips, so much, so much of that, but it's like a love letter to Hollywood. 
And then obviously it's about an actor trying to save his career. You know what I mean? That's the subplot. That's the main plot. Which is mostly but what Hollywood also, is. But it's also about two, I mean, it's also about these guys were, yeah, they were co-working, but they were best friends. They were like brothers. Right. And I think it's like, if you, if you can relate to that, this movie will also, you know, jump up the pages for you as well, or the screen, because mm-hmm. everyone has that relationship. Everyone has that time where like, all right, before you're getting married, just like, it's just you and these people. And then you get married and everything changes, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like saying goodbye to that, that, that part of your life. So I, but one thing different, about, like you know, for them. It, it's great. You know, Cliff's a great buddy. One thing, and this doesn't make me like it even lot, like it less or anything. The, neither of the characters are likable. Like no. that, you really don't, they're not good. Like Rick Dalton's an asshole. seems like he would be a complete asshole. And then Cliff seems cool, you know, but, you know, he did murder his wife and all. But Well, that's, well, spe- that, that's still speculative. I right? love that scene because he sh- they show him getting yelled at. They show him just like the spear guns just pointed at her and they never, ever touch it again. It's just, you just assume that's what's going to well, happen. You're waiting I mean, for that it was, to happen. That, that was an uh, homage to Natalie Wood, you know. I think it was. I think it was like, it was. Uh, Rob, um, like right, Natalie Wood yeah. on the boat. Yeah, I read that. I read that actually that he put that in there to kind of like a little. Well, her name was Natalie. Right. Exactly. So. So. Right. One of my biggest takeaways from this movie is that um, I didn't realize Austin Powers was basically dressing like Roman Polanski. (laughs) I didn't either. Like exactly. Polanski. Crazy. Now, what like why did people like besides Rosemary's Baby? Like, what movies did he make that was just fantastic? Look, you can't debate like, that Rosemary's okay. Baby wasn't fantastic. The, the only other one I can think of is The Piano that that won a bunch of stuff, and he couldn't even be there because he's oh, he was, you know, hiding. Because he was on the lamb on the lamb for being a, a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know what? I don't even. I'm. You know. I don't. I don't know a lot of Roman Polanski movies either. Being a cinephile. What'd you call me? <laughs> so, all right. So, but yes, that's the, that's our big takeaway. Just doesn't seem like the plots, you know, like I said, some simpletons are like, doesn't seem like a lot's going on, changing history. Um, those people okay. don't know, don't appreciate what they're watching. All right, there's some stuff here that made, that, that, that made me hysterically laugh as I listened to these words utter out of people's mouths. One, don't cry in front of the Mexicans. One of the funniest Seems fights. Tra- <laughs> and then, no one likes those spaghetti westerns. <laughs> that got by me, too, a couple of times. Like, I well, that's, what they're, you know that's what they're known as. That's where... Well, um, you, you know whose like, career, it's kind of like... Clint um, modeled after is Clint's right. Clint was on um, Rawhide and was on TV. His career was kind of sputtering, and then he went on those, and then he came back. I don't know what happened to him after. Did all the Sergio Leone movie? That's yeah. what it is, right? Yeah, Sergio Leone, right? Um, which, all right, yes, we'll get into those. But do you want to do you want to break it down, Dave? The, the whole like chronologically, uh, whatever you want to do. I'm, I'm game for anything. Just, just. It just, I love, you know, right out of the gates, a Tarantino movie, you get the black and white clip. Um, by the way, I'm surprised JSC, I'm surprised Sean appreciates this movie with black and white clips. Well, the first thing you get is the classic Columbia pictures. You do. 
like you the do. old fashioned Columbia Pictures. Oh, yeah, that awesome. that's true. That's great. And, the, and, and then the you get this man worth $500. You know, this man is going to catch him. And then he's Jake Cahill. And then you get the NBC. Ding, ding, ding. It's great. Oh. And then you get the Alan Kincaid interview. He mentions Maury Amsterdam. And exactly. That was hilarious. Fun, fun fact. I learned my wife was pregnant with my daughter while watching the Dick Van Dyke show. Wait, you what? That is a fun I learned fact. That my, I learned that my ex-wife was pregnant my first child while watching the Dick Van Dyke show. Thank God she was not conceived during the Dick Van Dyke show. That would be... Who knows? That would be... Who knows? Who knows? You see that Mary Tyler Moore in the, you know, in the skirts? So, so, so then you get what I've, you know, like the real Tarantino beginning where you see the Rick, the Rick Dalton poster. I, I, I remember reading something about that. I don't know where that post is from, but you see the Rick Dalton poster. He starts the car, you get the music. He starts the, uh, he's riding his Coupe de Ville. Yeah. Same, the same Coupe de Ville, by the way, that was in Reservoir Dogs. I guess it was uh, awesome. restored. It was Michael Madsen's from Reservoir Dogs. So, so I guess they used, usually they use like 200 to 300 cars in a movie. I guess they used 2,000 cars in this movie. Jesus. <laughs> I read an article from the guy who is the car, you know, he does car, <laughs> handles the car for, for movies. So, but yeah, right away, I, I was hooked. You, you see that, you get to him driving around, it was great. And, the, and then the scene with Al Pacino. The scene with Al Pacino. But right, Un- right away, you, you, you see Rick open the car door like a million butts pour out. Yeah. I'm going to tell you my theory on Rick Rick Dalton. He's not long for this world after this movie. <laughs> what? I thought he quit. He was talking about quitting drinking at the, in his uh Did he quit smoking? Trailer. That's true. He was but, quitting drinking. Uh, it, what's hilarious when that scene is when uh, Al Pacino tells him they, they did, he did a... Uh, he did a um, Rick a Dalton of his movies, the Rick Dalton movies the night before, and Rick was mortified. Yeah. Well, Rick says, Rick says, uh, right, Rick Rick says, um, oh, I hope you weren't uh, disappointed. You, you couldn't or, have enjoyed it. He goes, are you, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> but he says, right away, he says, I know, you know, I know what I'm seeing. He goes, or I know who, I know who I'm looking at. Is that a star of the Rick Rick fucking Dalton film festival that I watched? And what were the two films? It was the Thirteen Fists of McCluskey. The Fourteen Fists of McCluskey. 14. And I think Tanner. Yeah. His wife his his wife loved uh, westerns. <laughs> he was surprised that he liked him. He's, he's surprised that he liked the movies. But then you know you would think about like we hear about typecasting now, and then you hear him being told that his career that was in pretty good shape years before is now crumbling in front of him. Well, he yeah. didn't even know. He's like, I'm working. And that fear, you see his his eyes just completely change. And you can see into his soul, like, going into deep panic. That oh, and he's telling him of what's going to happen? Yeah. With the, Rob it? Conrad. I love that scene. He's, he's great. Uh, and you see his, he's, like, smiling, and then he's, like, you know, yep. it's, it's, it's setting in the news about his career. By the way, they, they have the clip where he talks about the flamethrower, where Rick is uh, says, you know, I, I, to be honest, I trained for two weeks. 
because I was scared as, as Christ that, you know, about the flamethrower. And then the, the little clip where the guy where he says, can you do something about the heat? He says, this is too hot. Right. He goes, no, he said, this is too hot. Yeah. It's too hot. It's he says, can you do something about the heat? Right. <laughs> so good. Oh, so that was, and that's the scene that ends in the don't cry in front of the Mexicans. Yeah, but like, really yeah. melting down right away. He cries. Then, he doesn't care that he's crying in front of Cliff. Like he feels, he knows. He well, he says, but right, and then he's, but he says he does. If if losing you, the end of your career isn't worth crying over. I don't know what it is. But yeah. my favorite line on that part, obviously, is uh, Cliff saying, "What's the problem?" And he's and him saying, "I got to do fucking Italian goddamn movies. That's a fucking problem." <laughs> I I tell you, really I tell you, I got to do I got to do fucking Italian goddamn movies. <laughs> no one likes those spaghetti westerns. I was dying. I never heard that line. Oh, you've never heard both. the term spaghetti westerns? No, I, first time tonight I heard it. I was like, I was trying to write down. What? Times, like epic stories were thrown out there, and I started writing them down. But, but you never heard the term heard spaghetti westerns. No, I never heard that joke until tonight. Spaghetti Westerns died. Saw so Sergio yeah. Leone and all those those movies were really good, actually. The, the good, the bad, like the ugly. The, is actually the Man fantastic. with No Name and all that. Is that those? Well, this, yes. Those are Italian movies? Yeah. Yes. Oh, I know that. Did you not pay yeah. attention? Clint Eastwood like, actually uh, made Italian movies. Those movies, oh, yeah. No, I did not know that. Those no. movies were really good. Do you know what, like, you, you, you think the good, the bad, and the ugly is... Um, you're like, oh, that's pretty entertaining, but what do you think it is on Rotten Tomatoes? 96. It's no, it's like 90, it's like 96, 97. Really? Yeah. It's really it's a good movie. It's very entertaining. By the way, so the first scene, they get in their car, and then they they have the little the Manson family where the girls are singing. Yeah. That's actually Charles Manson actually wrote that song that they're singing. That's awesome. really and yeah, you, I so had like, yeah, like that's awesome that the, that little, you know, like nothing's worth detail. Yep, yep. And that, um, that's when he first sees that hippie girl that he kind of connects with. No. Yes, well, no. she's underage hippie the girl. girl. Yeah, who is actually Andy McDowell's daughter. Yeah, he just that is Andy McDowell's daughter. She looks nothing like Andy McDowell though. Right, like I never heard of her or anything, but she was great. Like she was really good in the man. role she was in, doing that perfect. And she was based on a real character too, you know, not a real person. So See, I, that makes sense. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think she was like a uh, like, like the a, lady's name was Ruth. Well, the lady that Charles Manson used was Ruth Ann, and she was in charge of going out and and luring in rich men. To the, to the ranch so that was her job so i, he, think she, I thought she was like a character. composite of a few different yeah, people in real life. is she that was. the word i'm looking for yeah well, it's, it's definitely composite yes now is that the car ride where he's like he says to cliff you're my stunt double he's like i'm not your stunt double i'm your driver yeah i'm your go i'm your driver i'm, yeah, your, I'm your gopher yeah because well, really, i haven't done and we, actually, we know why he doesn't hasn't done stunts in a while right, he's like i'm but, he's like he's fine with it he, but actually, when he when he introduced Al Pacino to, to Rick, he actually like, yeah, this is my uh, he's my stunt double. That's where he's like, I'm just you know, I drive him around, do his things. Yeah. And that's when Randy jumps in the narrative. He's like, fuck that. Yes. He had too many, too many. Uh, well, it's not Randy. Movies. It's the same actor. <laughs> that's a big fucking lie. Yes, that's great. But also, I, I just have written down the the commercial for the Illustrated Man for Ray Ray Bradbury movie. Ray Bradbury written a book that was turned into a movie. It's just a little details um, like that. Oh, that what you, was going on that week, that year? 
there really was i mean there was a couple things i guess that you know certain that movie wasn't out or that song might not have worked but i think we give him a pass for for that didn't have to you know there's so many songs so many great songs in it so i guess they there was like hours of its khj commercial uh radio khj that's, los angeles that's what yes. they had and they used like real clips from that right khj los angeles yeah, classic mm -hmm. but yeah i'm your driver i'm your gopher <laughs> but he's like i'll pick he you gave up him tomorrow. the pep talk he gave him the pep talk and then obviously what makes him feel better seeing Zelensky. Uh, right yeah, knowing that he goes you don't that, rent that, you buy the possibility eddie o'brien told him to own I don't know. I looked up Eddie O'Brien and said it may. I don't know who Eddie O'Brien is, some producer or something like that. But, but yeah, seeing him take his, the face he made. That's fucking. That's the director of Rosemary's fucking baby. My next door neighbor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, when when they're in their doors, they're saying good night, and he's like, oh, "Can I have my glasses back?" He's like, "Come get him, motherfucker." <laughs> right. He goes to get. Yeah, Cliff would kick the shit out of him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. One hundred percent. So then Cliff, he goes into his house and starts running lines with his tape recorder, which was friggin' yep. hilarious. Si, I love the scene. Oh, yeah. You hear, the, you hear the scenes that you hear later on. Right. But yeah, you see, awesome. I, think it's, I think it's a great job when you see Cliff driving home. You hear the great soundtrack. Um, then, and you, I, like, I love the overhead shot of Van Nuys driving, right? Um, it reminds me of... It reminds me a little of Jackie. I don't know if you remember the scene in Jackie Brown when Samuel Jackson guys. drives. I think it's Chris Tucker. Is that who's in? He has him in the trunk, drives him a few streets away, and he shoots him in the trunk. But you see an overhead scene of the of the like block. So I love how it goes. The, the camera goes over the drive-in, and it, uh, you, you I, see the drive-in, and you see the the, the shithole that, that Cliff lives in. But, but I the like the music is great. The imagery getting to his house, to your point, is unbelievable. It makes you feel like you're actually with him in the car, mm -hmm. driving down well, a summer night. That was California like, summer night. It definitely looked like, I mean, they just put the camera in the car and he's driving because it's not, you know, you know, like so many things fake it or that was just, real. Yeah, absolutely. And he goes, yeah, and he goes and, home and, and the watches lifestyle, the lifestyle difference between the two. Right, he's driving yes. home in that beat up car, but it's you know whatever. It's nice. It's nice, nice enough car. But he lives in a freaking trail pack. By it looks like an oil rig. With his outdoor. He's got his weights outside. His weights, yeah. He goes so, in and he has his uh, his his craft mac and cheese. And but he never complains. He's no, completely simple, content man. in his life. He's, he's probably fine. happy to not be in jail. <laughs> yes, they never got him yet. And he's got the uh, he's got a great. Well, well, uh, trained dog who I read, Randy, he put um, baby food on his neck so the dog would lick oh, his neck. That's funny. Oh, really? So, you know what? I thought I saw Brandy, his dog's name was Brandy, right? And I was, I'm not sure who you know that song, Brandy. Yeah, yes, you're fine. So, I was like, did they is that like a shout out to that? Was like 72, so it oh. just missed. So, I was like, thinking, I was thinking too much. But he goes and he watches Mannix, and that's a scene. That's a great scene with the wolf's tooth dog wolf's food tooth that you mentioned. That had um, rat flavor, raccoon, rat and flavor, ra bird, 
and lizard, I think. Just the, the fact w- that it said, but hold on, just the fact that it said rat flavor <laughs> with a bunch of a rat. And was you type away. that into Google and you can buy a nice shirt with that logo on it. I mean, it's that's awesome. Pretty awesome. It's good that's, stuff. I, I tried to see the beer that he was drinking. Was it like La Cham? I don't know if it was a real beer or if it was a Tarantino beer. I thought he was drinking Schlitz or something. Or uh, yeah, it was like, it was no? La Chandeau or something like that. Because oh. he's, I mean, Tarantino has his um, okay. his brands too. Like most famously that uh, Red Apple cigarettes that he's had in so many of his movies. Yeah, I love the, I love that. Well, the, I'm ahead the of the game. Red Apple, Apple, yeah. Red Apple, Red Apple cigarettes. Yep. Simple cigarettes, right. Um, but yeah, like you said, David, it then cuts to Rick's where you see the difference in their lifestyle. But he never complains about it, though. They're completely perfect yeah. with their, their, you know, their lot in life. Well, he's just yeah. like, he's a simple man, like you, like we said. He's a... But and I think they just build on his character, though, because you're seeing the two different lifestyles and, you know, how these guys still coexist and they need each other, you know, pretty, I mean, I don't want to say desperately, but he definitely needs Cliff more than and, Cliff needs mm-hmm. Rick. Back at Rick's, they're, uh, he's going over his lines with themselves, and we see one of my favorite things is that Mad Magazine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. real artist. I mean, that was perfect. Fantastic, right. It's, that's only the first time I said fantastic, right? Like, when he was driving, when he was drinking his whiskey sours at the bar, when he was singing that song, and like that, when they first got back yeah. to Rick, that was a great, that was a great scene too. Like he's going over his lines, but he's like he's singing too. I I love that. That scene was awesome. It's awesome. It's not my favorite. We're gonna we're gonna have to go over our favorite scenes, but yes. And then you have my one of my least favorite scenes. It just seems unnecessary. Is the Playboy Mansion? It was yeah. very. With, um, I think that was because they were trying to get more of the Sharon Tate stuff, and her family was not happy with the well, fact it's that the, they yeah. didn't get much I mean, screen time. By the way, I think she was great in it. I actually yeah, think I she, was, she, was she didn't have like a ton of lines. People complain. I think she was great. And even like, but, I mean, you could see they used the real Sharon Tate like for the film clips and things. It wasn't her. They, I, I they, like they knew, actually Sharon Tate's sister brought all Sharon Tate's jewelry for them to wear throughout the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not so a lot of the stuff you're seeing on her was actually Sharon Tate's. But yeah, that um, the Playboy Mansion was very much like um, I can't think of the word. But when you but, basically but, telling you something, but okay, but the one the oh one yeah, thing, it's just. But Chris, the one good thing of that that scene though was watching um, watching Stephen, you know Stephen, not Stephen, sorry, Stephen Queen, uh, Stephen Queen, Damian Lewis. Yeah. He did an unbelievable job. He sold me on him being a queen. You didn't think so? I don't know. The way he I disagree. Me, I, I don't talk, think he was great. I thought he was good. I actually liked I don't him. think he was great. I well, but I, it I was did, spoon feeding the audience, Mikey. Right. Like exactly. This is this this is the situation between the Polanskis. But well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it was this. But you know what? I I don't care. It was like. But then I was like, oh, that's obviously Mama Cass. Why you say it was her? Yes, Mama Cass and Michelle Phillips. Yep. Yeah, but listen, not no. If you didn't know the Sharon Tate situation, you kind of need to have a character build with her too. So she is part of the movie. So they have to kind of build that character. And that's, you know, I'm sure they have the, the scenes that got cut, but I thought yeah. it was a pretty good scene. Well, yeah, I told you about Jay Sebring, who was, he was a big character. Yeah. And then in real life, it's, he was one of the Manson victims too. Yeah. yeah. But he was, I guess he was uh, the character, his, he was, the movie Shampoo was modeled after his character. He was a hairdresser for like Hollywood. 
Oh, really? And he was telling, he was talking later about he charges a thousand dollars a day, you know, when he was saying a thousand dollars for this and thousand dollars for that. So, but yeah, it, it, you know, it was, it was quick. So I'm not complaining, but I just was like, eh, you know, not my favorite scene. I don't know. Anytime she, anytime I saw that, that, that actress dancing around, it's pretty, it's a pretty good <laughs> scene. Bad. So then he picks him up in the morning. They go, he goes on set. I I love seeing what a mess Rick is. He's coughing. He's hacking up a lung. His head's in the ice bowl. He's got his face in the ice. He's got the Vitalis, all the details, the Vitalis and the other stuff. And, and, um, and his big concern is, so that's, and then. I'll say the big concern is when the director comes in and he doesn't want to be so covered up that they can't tell it's him. Sam Wanamaker, by the way. junk on my face. That's his point, but his the funny thing is his disdain for hippies is he says like that's right hippies. they that came early on when they drove by them he the first hates time. hippies and he and he does the double take you want me to look like a you want me to look like a hippie <laughs> so it's so great I like that guy's great as as Sam Wanamaker who's he was like a ninety year old of course while that's going on he's like hey I think my antenna fell off can you go fix it yes yes. So, yep, yeah, we'll get to that great scene. But yeah, he's once he went, yeah, I want Hell's Angels. And he's like, right. Which, boy, the boy, he was right. Rick is, uh, <laughs> Rick in that role is um, Caleb. Descato. I thought it was Dakota. <laughs> That's, it was fantastic. Oops, sorry. Edit that out, Mikey. He was, it was wonderful. <laughs> um, but yeah, then you have the cliff drive to, Back to Rick's to repair the roof when he does his stuntman stuff to get up oh, there. Oh, yeah. That just jumping onto the wall. Yeah. My Somebody, wife's like, yeah. that was definitely Brad. I'm like, I don't know. Somebody Brad did that. Yeah. <laughs> it was definitely Brad. She's like, it was definitely Brad. I mean, no, it wasn't. Well, go ahead. Sorry. And that was, yeah. And that was Crease fighting in, uh, yeah, right. in Cobra Kai, <laughs> too, in the last episode. So he, he's, Sorry. why, why is he like thinking past? Like about that past experience, like because, why at that point? Because okay, go ahead, um, Tarantino, I mean, yeah, uh, Leo, Rick said, look, I can't, we can't, you can't work on this set because oh, yeah. Yeah. the Kurt Russell there's character no, running There's it. no questions this time. And that was him <laughs> just thinking. Last time. Yeah. That was just him thinking back. Like, why like he, he goes, that? yeah, good idea. But for, we get the whole flashback yeah. of. So we get the flashback. So let's talk about that. He, um, I don't know if, like, so Rick is kind of like, I mean, Cliff is kind of irritated. That's why he's like, you, you, sh- you show him do the flashback, and then uh, they show Randy come up and and he's and he gives and he talks to Rick, and Rick Rick says, uh, "You you believe that?" And he's like, uh, "If it's a no, you know, if it's a no, I don't want any excuses. If it's a no, I love that little scene from Rick." But then they show the, I think they show the wife flashback. But before right he now. even says that, he's like. Um... It was almost like Leo was like, for what reason? Like he knew it was coming, but he was trying to like deny it. He's like, what? What's the big deal? He's like, oh, he killed his that? fucking wife. You believe that? I, I love, I, I, lo- I love Randy. I just love Randy saying, "I don't dig him," <laughs> and my wife doesn't dig him. And then he, I, he, I don't know. He, I don't know something about his, his creepy vibe. But that scene where the the, the spear gun. Doesn't go off. Doesn't have to go off. You just see it pointed at her, and it just my wife said, "Where's the spear, though?" 
Like those spear guns have like do they go in the like I thought they were always outside the gun, the actual head. He is looking for you are look you guys, you and your wife your wife is looking for Andrew's looking for any excuse he to was. excuse Cliff. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that's exactly what she's trying to do. But he's a good guy. You don't know. We still don't know if he does I love or not. Uh, you know, <laughs> things happen. Up. I mean things happen. Love, right. I do love when when they when the guy mentions it to Bruce Lee though. <laughs> oh, that's so i was gonna say so this is my question not question i looked it up and all right because someone had said on a podcast i was listening to i won't mention it you know um competition that uh that you notice so cliff does the flashback sees the scene so awesome and he's like yeah you kind of did did i say something funny yeah you kind of did yeah and then uh they do the fight scene so you see i, I counted there was like 18 people 18 bystanders, at least, when they started fighting or when they were about to, when he was talking and they were about to fight. Then as soon as he throws them in the car, I don't, into the car, I don't think they would have dispersed that fast, but there was nobody around. So I think he was kind of uh, an unreliable narrator. So he was, so probably the next part where they were doing the the, the karate and they were fighting for like a couple minutes, it wasn't that long, but they were before Janice comes out. They were doing that. So I'm like, maybe that, maybe he kind of misremembered. So maybe, so I bought that, I bought that reasoning. Like that this was, is maybe his version of what happened. Because it was, you know, an unreliable narrator. But I wasn't a huge fan of the guy who played Bruce Lee, except the, 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 the part I did like is when the guy, is when the guy said, he, when the guy said, that guy killed his wife. And he's like, that guy, that guy <laughs> was a great, it was just a great reaction by, uh, Bruce Lee's, Bruce Lee's daughter Bruce Lee. did not like the betrayal of Bruce Lee. Yeah, I saw movie. something yeah. about it. Yeah. So she I sent you guys pissed. that article. I didn't realize that Bruce Lee was actually um, like Green Hornet? part of the... Well, I knew he was yeah. Cato in the Green Hornet when he goes, oh. all right, let's go, Cato. But I, I love you see that, that, that kid, Roman Polanski thought maybe that, that Bruce Lee killed Sharon Tate? Yeah. Because of the Why? glasses. He left his glasses behind and he was Wait, training you her. You sent for us a, a link... You thought I was going to click on that? You didn't. Click. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. a YouTube Did you really link. Send a link. I don't know. I didn't see it. I'm sorry. So it was um, that there were glasses found at the scene, and Bruce Lee said he couldn't find his glasses that he left maybe at their house because he was training her. We see yes. later that Bruce Lee's training her for one of the movies that that she did the fight in. So and he um, trains Jay Sebring. You know, they see him train right. Sebring. And right. Um, so that was like Polanski just thinking what could have possibly happened. He he named Bruce Lee. That, that was a comic, but the, but, the, but the whole thing with Muhammad Ali versus Bruce Lee was a common question. Was it not when we were younger, Chris? I thought that came up before. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> younger, how much younger? Was okay. it a common question? Who, who I, I heard, yeah. I thought, but, so we were talking about it, it um, no, at, but, in elementary school. <laughs> okay, but oh, boy. Who, would, who would All the kids at Glen Forest. Who would win that fight? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee would be nothing but a no. I had a poster of Bruce Lee. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dismiss the great Bruce Lee. So I remember that but, poster. It was in the basement. But Cash is clear. What's I, that? I, say, I would say. Yeah, I think the Bruce Lee poster was in the basement, right? Or was it in your room? It was on Maybe I moved it to the basement at the new was house. The Bruce Lee was poster in, my room in your and, room or the or the Sycamore basement? Road in Sycamore Road. Sycamore Road in the basement, or the, was it upstairs, or in your room? Which one? It was in my okay. room. It was in my room. 
What a loser. <laughs> okay, anyways, so I was I said Cassius Clay too. The reach, the size, the height. Come on. Too quick, man. Bruce Cassius, Lee. Muhammad Ali was friggin' fast as lightning. Kick him in the face. All right, let's move on from this. This is getting up by. Spend the next hour. That was great. I loved but, Randy's wife in that scene. Oh, my God. She, she was unbelievable in that scene. So I think she was in, was she in, um, what was the, I, I'm having a brain cramp. The um, Yeah, I don't recognize her. One of the Tarantino movies, you know, the two. I don't um, recognize her either. Oh, the, the, the Death Proof, one of those movies? Yes, one of the Death Proof. The, um, my least he did favorite. Death Proof, I think. Yes. Well, and Terror Ter- Ter- was in that too. Or maybe he did Terror, I don't know. It's the Grindhouse. No, he did Death Proof. Okay. Yeah. See, I never and think he, of that movie and, as a Tarantino movie. I never think of that. Yeah. And listen, how old is Kurt Russell now? Like close to, he's going to be close to 80 now, right? I would uh, say 70. 70. 70. <laughs> oh, okay. He looks pretty yeah. good for his age. That's all. He's definitely going to be 100. <laughs> he looks good for dead. <laughs> he is uh, 69. That's it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But his um, Cliff's great line in that also is obviously we got to point out anyone that kills anyone in a fight, manslaughter goes to jail. <laughs> it's called manslaughter. Yes, these are registered weapons. Yeah, it's great. We heard that. So yeah, they made good. they made Bruce Lee a little annoying. So then you then you go to um, what Manson the quick the, the brief Manson scene. Yeah. This he was, was looking a lot for. Bigger. He was looking for Brian Wilson, right? Because he didn't they he yeah. write music. Uh, there's somebody, a friend of Brian Wilson's, produced one band. of the producers of Brian Wilson's music. Because he did that, stuff with Brian. So that Manson, guy played Manson in two two things. Yes, he played it Mindhunters. In, he played it in Mindhunter, right? Yep. And that yep. guy's awesome. In, uh, that guy is Australian. I don't know if you ever saw. Um, well, speaking of Timothy Oliphant, Justified. Yeah, he was in that. Oh he was, yes, he was he, Dewey little, Crow. Yeah, Dewey. Wow. Dave, that's Did a not show not billion that show is that. so good. What's I love Justified. Justified with uh, Lancer. <laughs> or, I can't believe Oliphant played a, a lawman. With a quick like draw. Like 600 roll, lawman rolls. He, and he's always so quick. He obviously can really do that. He's the best. He was in Fago, if you didn't see that. I saw that So then ago. they cut to Rick going to... On set, where he's where he's got his, his makeup on, and he, and then he finds he sees a little girl. He just throws the cup on the ground and just leaves it there. Yeah, I noticed that too. I'm like, he's because Rick's an asshole. I don't know if you noticed. I, I don't care. It's it's one of my favorite performances of all time. But he's an asshole. In this scene here, but the little just... girl says, he says, "Am I going to bother you?" Oh, he's spitting on the ground. Right, he's coughing up along, mm-hmm. spitting on the ground. And he says, uh, "Am I going to bother you if I sit here?" She says, "I don't know. Are you going to bother me?" <laughs> This girl, I'm just like these performances that Tarantino gets out of anybody. It's unbelievable. This kid, she was fit. That's when she says, "Eating lunch before a scene makes me sluggish." Yep. And when then Tarantino, she tells him it's Caleb, but he's, but he's also telling her, he's telling her he's reading a book about a a, a washed up act, basically a washed up actor, you know, whatever. Easy breezy. Easy breezy. It's gonna be you in 15 years. <laughs> and he gets choked up. And she's like, patting yeah, gets, like she's comforting so him. so choked up that, uh, I'm sorry, Mikey, what? I said she was comforting him. 
She was comforting him, and that's what he says. Well, when she he says, uh, you're gonna be living it soon when she yeah. says something like oh, oh, yes. And then he, he said I mean, she I said, What you saying? He said, Nothing, pumpkin puss. Pumpkin puss. Yeah. That's what he says. That's what he that's what he says. Uh, usually don't like people calling me things like pumpkin puss, but we'll talk about that later since you're upset. <laughs> but he says, What do you what are you twelve? Not good with kids. <laughs> I'm eight. He says I'm eight. That was like that was very Tarantino-ish dialogue. That's what I have written down. Yeah, but then they showed up. They kept showing him like in like they all thought he was in um, the Great Escape. Why did they admit oh, that again? I actually wrote that same thing down. What is that right so, here? No, that's um, oh, that's when um, yeah, Timothy Olyphant comes Olyphant up, comes up and says, "I love that." Yeah. So is that him? Think like dreaming how I would have done it. Is that what he's? Thinking? I was just I think, that was just him put into the scene if, if but i'm saying like he wasn't in the he said he never tried out for it he, or is no i'm i know i'm saying they just cgi'd oh him yeah acting in that scene because so you would have known the audience would have seen what he would what it would have been like okay because i was trying to figure out were they showing that he actually did get the part and got fired for some reason i thought or... james stacy i thought james stacy thought he had that part no, because they kept on saying that he's like, no, no, I never, you know, never. He said, I never out. even tried out for it. I never auditioned. I think you guys it. are thinking too much. Oh, so it, he was just thinking. I think it was just not I, even him thinking. I think it was just a Tarantino device. Just, yeah, I feel like it was him being like, this is how I would have done. It. I would have been great in it. I disagree. I think I, it was just a Tarantino I, I, device. So this is what it would have looked like. You know what I mean? Mm, mm. I don't know about that either. <laughs> I don't know about that either. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Bronco Buster. He he is so fuck. He's so fucking rigid in that scene, that first scene. That 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 complete terror of just fucking up, like is oh. driving him nuts in that in that scene with James Stacey. All right, that's my whole favorite scene of the movie, I think. Yeah, I think it's one of my top five, too. Because, so they start with him acting. So you don't know, they play the whole long scene out, you know, with him, with the chili pepper, go get your chili pepper done. And then finally, you know, it's a few minutes in before he screws up. Yep. And um, he screws up and he says, line, line. And then He 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 gets his line, he goes into it again. Very patient, uh, Oliphant's very Oliphant's very patient, Director looking, at, looking for his cue. Um, but when he, yes, when he screws up again, and he says, "I fucked up, Sam," <laughs> that's it. And he's like, "Keep, keep going, <laughs> keep going." So, nope, like, that's it. And he and he starts doing the mm, psyching himself up. That is gold. When he and, starts, but, but he's begging, point, when he does the point. Begging. But he was begging for them to redo the scene. Yes. So yep. He was begging. Like, this fucking, just the anguish coming from his body. Like, please let me do this over. Uh, I, it was fantastic. To your, to your earlier word, I'll use Chris, fantastic. Yeah, that scene was fantastic. And I, I love that they never, they never explain the stutter. They never talk about the stutter, right? No. It's just, just, just his right. little stutter that comes out, not when he's acting, but when he's himself and he's nervous. And then, okay, the best scene is next though the best scene when he's in his trailer going <laughs> yeah i count it i count that as part of the scene yes yeah oh my I, god he does get go get the chili pepper daughter and then he says uh 
after he after he says well it's funny because when he's playing the tape you hear um si senor yes you hear that you hear that in spanish 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 <laughs> and you hear um <laughs> what what does johnny madrid say he says um you know I, i don't remember what he says specifically but when they're going back and forth and then he he gets the lines he finally gets the lines out there he doesn't screw up again and then they And then he goes back and and throws his hat and breaks the window right away, whatever. And he goes on his rant. Fuck with that, Jesus Christ! Fuck! Shit! Damn it, Rick! I got fucking lines and burst yourself like that in front of all those goddamn people. Well, you're drinking all night. Fucking drinking again? Eight goddamn fucking whiskey sours. Fucking bullshit. You're a fucking miserable drunk. You fucking remember your fucking lines. I practiced them and now I don't look like I goddamn practiced them. You're sitting there like a fucking baboon. <laughs> I hate fucking whiskey, so I couldn't stop at fucking three or five, right? Why? You're a fucking alcoholic. You fucking drink too much, huh? Every fucking night, every fucking night. That's it. That's fucking it. That's fucking it. You stop drinking right now. All right, make a promise to yourself you're gonna stop fucking drinking. Look at that little fucking girl. You're gonna show that goddamn Jim Stacy. You're gonna show all of them on that goddamn fucking set who the fuck Rick Dalton is, all right? Let me tell you something. You don't get these lines right. I'm gonna blow your fucking brains out tonight. All right, your brains are gonna be splattered all over your goddamn pool. I mean it, motherfucker. Goes on a and he says you had to have eight fucking whiskey sours. You couldn't have three or four. Why couldn't you have three or four? Because you're a goddamn drunk. He's looking himself in the mirror. Did he say if you drink again, I'm gonna fucking murder you? And pull it in your head, right? Yeah. He threatens to blow his brains out all over his pool. <laughs> and then he says, I'm, you know, you got to stop drinking. Then he has another drink. And then he, he, then he realizes that he throws it out the door. Like right. We didn't panics. mention the flask. So whatever the process is to get to the next acting, it's working for Rick Dalton. I, he may have some, um, you know, some bumps along the way, but it is unbelievable. When he, when he gets the groove. When he gets the groove. But also this, so this part is like, I think it's already shows, um, is it already showing like Sharon, um, Margot Robbie driving into town? This is when she goes, goes to the bookstore and goes, goes back to and forth to the bookstore, which is, was, you know, I love that. Yeah. She's, she's, she's great in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the music they have, she's really, she's really great. She's obviously like a, you know, symbol too. And it's, you can't help but being sad even seeing that stuff, but Rick and his gut eight goddamn whiskey sours. And then we see, right, the next scene is with the late, great Luke Perry. No. No, no. well, they go, but they go to Cliff now. And Cliff, oh, yeah. this is when Cliff sees, so Cliff sees um, the hitchhiker, the Manson girl. Her name is Pussy. Pussycat, right? That's Pussy what it said on IMDb, yeah. And when she, one of my, you know, it's like a, a sneaky underrated part of, uh, of, of Brad Pitt, of, of Cliff's performances when she says, uh, 
And she, when she swears at the cop, she's like, fuck you, pig. And he says, oh, no. He just laughs. He goes, oh, no. He's like, oh. She's trouble. What is this? So Cliff, to me, so this is what I was going to say about Cliff. The first thing they show, he's wearing like, he's wearing like moccasins or something. Yeah. You know, he's kind of a free spirit. He's 100%. definitely not a hippie because he was in the war. So as we get, we see how that goes. But he's a little, but he's obviously more of a free spirit than, you know, buttoned up Rick Dalton. Well, I mean, he bought a cigarette dipped in acid. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, 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 and Rick says, and Rick's uh, booze is the only buddy I need. No, my yeah. buddy, no, no, my booze don't need anybody. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Rick's not going to go with the dope. Mm-mm. Rick's going to stick with the, stick with the booze, but yes. Now, so Cliff, that, obviously, so is Cliff Booth and the Sharon Tate scene intertwined? Is that what that is? Because where was she when it came to that, her going to her movie? Well, it's going back and forth. It's going back and forth between Rick and, and, and her. and Because she's at the movies for quite a while. And they show her in her own movie. So supposedly that happened to Tarantino where he was walking by, I don't know if it was Reservoir Dogs, that he, you know, because he wrote the screenplay. Uh, I mean, um, not the Reservoir Dogs. Uh, what's that? True Romance? True Romance, yes. Uh, he wrote the screenplay, and it's one of those movies where he stopped at the movie theater and said, uh, asked if he could watch the movie and said he directed it or wrote it or whatever. So that's that's where he got that part from. So that was pretty cool. The movie Besides the dirty feet. Actually had the Sharon Tate actress, right? It wasn't yeah, like I actress. noticed they didn't yeah. add. Showed Sharon Tate, right. I'm surprised, Dave. I'm surprised you haven't brought up the dirty feet yet. So many. I, I, I noticed it. It's something that was disgusting between Squeaky and her. I'm like, oh, what's up with these freaking feet? And then also, also Sharon Tate and and Pussy and yep, yeah, all disgusting. Harry Pitts. Um, so oh, Harry Pitts. That's a complete turnoff, guys. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. She was fucking hot, but Harry Pitts. That's a that's a throwaway. She are was you underage. Are you Cliff was not about to go to jail for poontang. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I'm but, too old to go to jail for you. Yeah. You know, I feel like Cliff might have been doing. You know, might have might have thrown caution to the wind in the real in the real world. But, um, but yeah, no, that was great. The great great music. So, then I think it goes back. Okay, so then it goes back to, so then it goes back to the last scene of Lancer, where. Um, Rick does the best acting that I've ever seen. Not, not just that she's seen, the best acting I've ever seen. <laughs> Where he says, um, gets calls Boston in, says, oh, Bengal Lances when he laughs. And then she laughs. It's great. Okay. All right. Why? Is, okay, maybe I'm a simpleton too. Why is a Bengal Lancer that funny? Why is what? I think funny? the... the- I think it's because Why? the Bengal Lancers was, was the group he was in, but their last name was also their last name is the Lancers. That's oh good. Okay. Yeah, it's the land. It's the name of the show, and it's the Lancer yeah. family. But then okay. that was thousand dollars will buy me a lot of chicken mole <laughs> in Mexico. Even the chicken wing. Oh my god! Even that. Yeah. So great. So that's what the B- B- Bino Bronco Buster, best acting I've ever seen in my life. Then James Stacy threw the girl on the ground. Yeah, he throws her on the ground. She's got the elbow pads. 
Seems great. That's that's gonna be Luke Perry's one of Luke Perry's last performances. Last thing right? he did. I think yeah, so. Yeah, it was. Because mm-hmm. he had a, he's on a TV show too, but that yeah. Now he was friends with Brad Pitt back in the 90210 era. They like they were they chummed around a lot. That makes sense. Oh really? Yeah. I read that today. Little known fact so, yeah. So the spawn ranch is the next scene. In which spawn ranch is also real too. Yes. Yeah. And do you know who the, George Spahn? Uh, do you know who George Spahn was supposed to be originally? The Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Oh, he no. actually he actually read scenes and everything, and then he actually died. Yeah. That would well, and he came up with the line. I guess he came up with the line. Uh, you're too pretty for a. Aren't you too? Aren't you pretty for a, uh, a stunt man? Yeah. That they threw in the movie. He said you should say this about oh, Brad Pitt. Bert said that. That's awesome. Bert said, "Yeah, it's awesome." So, but but even like one more thing. So like in the fruit in the uh, way ahead when they were watching that FBI show, the one that Rick Dalton was playing, the the character was actually based off of Burt Reynolds' character in that show. It was another, oh really? Oh, he was on that show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was Quinn. You know, Quinn. Yeah. Good. So you know what? The, so the whole Spawn Ranch thing when he's like, I want to see him, and they're like, No, he's taking a nap, and it seems like they're lying. It seems like they're just totally making that up. Yeah. So you're like, that's what, so that's reminded me of uh, that. That's like a Tarantino device where it seems like they're lying and telling the truth. That reminded me of Samuel's, uh, of Jules's wallet when he, when he says, uh, just like in, in Pulp Fiction, when he says, uh, what's it say on it? It says bad motherfucker. So it, it just <laughs> seems like. You laughed and you're like, that's not what it says. It doesn't really say that. Right. And you see, it says, so this scene when it's, he's like, you're like, George didn't really, George isn't really taking a nap. They're obviously lying. He's dead. It's yeah. great how they do that. And then George is taking a nap because squeaky, squeaky from, brains out. likes it. Yep. Likes it, likes him to stay up and watch, watch the shows with her. So I, I thought that was great. And so this is the first time you're like, I love how I love the scene with Tex on his horse. Well, first, I love that when Cliff gets out of there and that's when everybody turns and she says, you're the blind one. And and they, they all start yelling at him. You know, they're all like, they're that's all when he's leaving. But that's when they was leaving the house. He's well, right. he's leaving. Yeah, no, that's what, what I'm talking about. about. But when he was walking in the house and he turned around right before he walked in the house and saw all the people staring at oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How fucking, like, that's chilling. Well, like, this he, is the, fir- the first time you watch it. This is the only thing you're like, oh, my God, is Cliff going to get killed here? Right. This is where you think, okay, here's this the Manson like, family. This is, right. This is this is the first time you, you, you're definitely nervous watching this part. Yeah. So this is the first time there's actually something at stake where you're like, Oh no, Cliff's gonna Cliff's gonna die here. Something, or something crazy or something awful's gonna happen. But he didn't seem afraid at all, really. No, and that's what I was I, I was when I was watching Tim, I'm like, he has no fear going through this house. Yeah. Like and seeing like the malice in people's faces and well, he's got a war hero. Yeah, but when, when he was walking into the house, those the two girls at the end were walking out, the redhead and the um, brunette, just the the both yep. walking together, and like that, that just the, like this that face they were giving him. Oh, Just yeah. to see them there, the, and then knowing what's happened, knowing what happens to them at the end. Oh my god! Right. So then he walks out. Then they turn on him after he talks to um, 
Bruce Dern, great little performance. And he's like, did you not hear me? I just said I was fucking blind. How would I know what the fuck color her hair is? It's great. Great little, great little role. Great little scene. Cliff leaves and they're all turned against him. This is probably my second favorite. This is probably top five scenes for me too. So he walks out. Then they have the, they're all like jeering him. Um, and the great music then. Mm-hmm. That's my boss's car. That, that, that jackass. That fucking dirty, the knife feet, in it. dirty feet fucker on the yeah. fence with his disgusting face. Knocks him around and then he says, come one step closer and I will knock his teeth out. I love that. <laughs> uh, just the Then a, a great scene with with Tex, Tex is coming back. Tex Watson, who's what a scumbag in real life. He's re- he's still he, alive. That Tex Watson, that character was also in Mindhunter, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, he might. Have been. I, I don't remember. I feel like he was. They interviewed him or something. But I love how they I love how they show that him riding the horse the way they the way they shot that scene. Um, and you're like, oh no, Rick's Rick screwed. And then Rick drives away, and you're like, Phew. thank God. Fantastic. Um, Fantastic job of then having the California Dream in. Um, who sings that version? Is that you know what I'm talking about? Papas? No, no, it's not the original. Uh, original version. Is, um, hold on. But you thought he was in such. You thought you obviously thought he was in a lot more danger. Jose Feliciano. Yes, that version is like sad. You know what I mean? It's like, and they show Sarah, they show Sharon Tate coming out of the movies, and you, and they show. I think I thought that's when they showed James Stacy getting on his bike and yeah, um, getting on the bike that he ends up getting in an accident with and killing his girlfriend and losing his. Um, yeah, but I I read a but, different story on that. Like, we didn't I, read I, that. I read it today. Like he was. I wrote it was, today too. I, no, I said it. I told you guys about this like two weeks ago, but like, or I told you about it like two weeks ago. But like, he got hit by a drunk driver. I thought when he was on his bike. He did. Yeah, the drunk driver hit him though. He wasn't drunk. Yes. What, what's the where's the hole in the story? Yes, he wasn't going from work though. That's my point. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I think they're just showing, look, there's the yeah. guy on the motorcycle and yeah. you know what happens. So, um, yeah, no, so that's so that's sad. You, you see the Sharon Tate leaving and, and um, that's when they cut to, I think that's when, so next is when Rick and Cliff watch their, he wants to watch his appearance of uh, FBI. Yeah, the other. That's when they introduced the acid dip cigarette. Yeah, acid dip cigarette. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. That's when he's like, you know, my my booze don't need nobody. But I love just any scene where where Leo's in a in a show acting as the character in the show. And that's he, simpletons don't like that. They want to know it. why there's not more killing, why there's not more of a plot. I heard that a lot. There's no plot. I mean, what are you talking about? I, exactly. It makes no sense. It's, 
I just call it a slice of life. I mean, it's once upon a time. They're telling you right there. There's just something that happens in Hollywood. That's the that's the third. That's a different drink you're drink you're imbibing in now. Oh yes, I'm drinking. Uh, Which, what fine spirit is that? This is uh, Four Roses bourbon. I drink that neat. <laughs> now, for a simpleton like me, speaking of simpletons, what does that mean? No ice. No ice. Right. Like I told you earlier, he thinks it's gross that I put it on ice. And I don't now, think it's gross. You, I mean. David, are not only are you podcasting into your iPhone, but you're doing it with pretzels in your mouth. <laughs> yep. Very good. I can hear you chewing. It sounds delicious. Yeah, sea salt and where are your new headphones? <laughs> the cover. Yeah. I sent you the link for the microphone. I go, yes, you said your wife ordered it and you lied <laughs> to my face. Second fresca. They come they come with the moped. Good stuff. Um, so now it says six months later, right? Mm-hmm. This is fantastic with the uh, with the Kurt Russell narrating the movies and everything like that. Narrating the some of those Nebraska Jim. Then we have Operation Operazioni. Dynamo, dynamite, <laughs> and blood, red blood. Something with Telly Savalas. I should have these written down. Um, but all the Italian movies, and then you see a totally different looking Rick Dalton, pudgy, the different hair. It's just <laughs> fantastic, and and uh, he's drinking a Bloody Mary. Uh, is this some something symbolic about him switching to Rick? To Cliff's drink? I don't know. Just on the pl- on the flight. Rick, Rick was drinking a vodka, wasn't he? Well, Rick, I'm saying Rick is usually... Uh, no, Rick was drinking a Bloody Mary. Well, Cliff was drinking... Yeah. So, Cliff always drinks a Bloody Mary. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if there was something symbolic about that. But that, that scene with Out of Time, seeing Rick get off the plane in slow motion. That's when he has his wife... Yes. That scene is fantastic. Oops. That scene is uh, sublime. <laughs> that scene is... have a fantastic... Excellent. Drinking. Excellente, as they say in... Uh, Fantastico. In, in Italy. Um, yeah, and then I, you I, see... I te- what's well, Rick was sitting with, Rick, Rick was sitting with Francesca in the, in the plane. He was looking at her like, what, what did I do? No, like, he wasn't. You don't think so? I mean, they get divorced, of course, because Rick is just a mess, awful human being. But I don't think he was looking at that yet. But you see, out of time, and then you see Sharon, and you kind of get you kind of get melancholy as he as uh, Rand, mm-hmm. as the narrator calls her later. But you 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 kind of like, oh crap, this is gonna happen. And, then it seems. Then when they say like um, the the time of the day, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The next part, the next few parts is like it says the time of the day. You know, six oh five. They go to the Mexican place, and you're like, oh crap, this is. You, you, I don't know. You just kind of. You realize they're. Oh, well, at least what I thought was. Oh, we're, now we're going to start to see what um, we knew. At what time it actually happened? Here's exactly. you know, the night of. Here's the night of everything. Yep. Exactly. Eight months pregnant. 
She was eight months yeah. pregnant. That, that still just battles my fucking mind. That's Did so either of you know going in that they was going to be, you know, historical fiction? They changed that he changed. No, no. I had no idea. It would be kind of ruined. It would be kind of ruined if you knew what was going to happen. I thought it was going to be like Rick and Cliff getting killed. As you're watching it, you're like, are they, do they die instead? Or It's just yeah. it's great if you don't know. Yep. Of course, you know, the subsequent 10 times I've seen it are also great, but it's just awesome. Um, but yeah, and then, then saying the time of day, saying, oh, it's saying, um, you know, later on it was reported that it was the hottest day of the year when, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, geez. So, you know, something big's going to happen. So, and then they had to get a good drunk on, which is great. And then, and then the acid, the acid dip, but that's when, that's when you're like, oh no, Cliff's going to be so fucked up that he's, he's going to die because he's tripping and he's not going to be able to defend himself. Little do you know, kick ass no matter what, but. That's when he well, and he and he's that's when he says his first and away we go. <laughs> and he's staying at the house now at this point. Yeah, no. I think he's just gonna crash for that night. Like that was a big send off. They, they, they didn't even Rick, they yeah, took Rick a was, cab home. Mm-hmm. But Rick fired him that night. Yeah, right. He said he wasn't gonna need him anymore. You know, because he blew all the money from his Italian movies. And Rick's such a good plan. Didn't he say he was gonna? They were gonna rent now. Yeah, he said he was gonna rent a condo. Yeah, so you knew it was like things are different. But Rick was like, uh, Cliff is such a good guy. Besides killing his wife, he was like, um, <laughs> he's like, that's a good plan. Mm-hmm. And Rick was right. like, uh, I'm gonna like wait to never... see how pilot season goes. That's a good plan. Right. Brad Pitt's so good in this movie. But he had his dog with him. Yeah, he did. He took the walk. Yeah. Says and away we go. That's why you're like, oh, he's screwed. And then you see the Manson, the 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 Tex and the Manson people, girls mm-hmm. with the the car with the muffler, right? Oh, that that was one of the funniest scenes in the entire movie. That's with the blender, right? <laughs> yeah. You Walked mean when Rick Dalton on. comes out? Yeah, his slippers, robe, and a fucking. He made a margarita. He has yeah. a full pitcher of margarita. And he's margarita. drinking it out of the pitcher, right? Yep. So good. Hey, Dennis Hopper. <laughs> Calls him Dennis Hopper, who's the, the king complete, of the hippies. So that's like he hates the hippies. Yeah. Hates the hippies. He does not give he does not give them a chance to 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 do anything. Get the move the he, fucking thing. We'll back he, it out now. He's he not like afraid right of all these people. He wasn't afraid no. of any of them. Yeah. And he says, what the hell are you looking at, you ginger head fucker? <laughs> well, his, he's probably thinking these are hippies, and hippies are just, you know, he hates do hippies. nothing. He hates not yeah. like He doesn't think of them as violent. And then, right, and then I think the, the scene is awesome with Tex. Uh, the guy who plays Tex is like, uh, when the girl's like, do you know who that was? And he's like, He's like, Jake Cahill was just <laughs> screaming at me. I had a Jake Cahill lunchbox. A little overacting from the girl who's like, dig it, man. <laughs> yeah. When she says, yep. uh, you know, we'll kill those piggies. 
you know, like they taught us how to kill. Everybody in Hollywood was killing except I love Lucy. I love that. <laughs> so everybody in Hollywood was teaching you how to kill except that. So we're going to teach them how to kill. That's good. Great robe by Rick too, by the way. One of the girls, she's in Stranger Things. She's Ethan Hawke. Yes. Oh yeah, she's the one who bails. Okay, brought, that's right. She yeah. brought the knife when she took the car and took off. See, the, he used a lot of like people's daughters in I this know. movie. He's got uh, Kevin Smith's daughter. I said Ethan Hawke's daughter. I thought um, Bruce Willis's, which again, kind of just oh, I don't know if it's like symbolically like you know the Hollywood kind of life that these kids grew up with. She was great though, the girl. Um... Ethan Hawke and the girl from Stranger Things. I yeah, think. she's a, she's a, she's a really good actress. But she, they're so dumb, and she does the I forgot my knife. Right. And then they would that fucking bitch. So she takes off, and they still think it's uh, still think it's fine. They get to split up. They start walking up, and then they play um, vanilla fudge. Version of keep that. me hanging on. Yes, yep. The, the yep. guitar is is great, and uh, and and Rick is in the pool, listening to Snoopy versus the Red Baron. <laughs> Such a non hippie music, you know. That's I like how it has like the di different, you know. There's the hippie music, which you know a lot of the music we like and stuff like that. But it's like it's also the music that someone like Rick Rick would listen to. Yep. And then. Uh, then they have the, the drums in that song. That's great. And they come into the house and then Cliff is all tripping. Right. <laughs> the great scene with uh, with Tex when he's like, uh, I know you. He's like, and he's, and I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's business. No, is that what they the, said? No, he said lame with, your name is lamer than that. It's something like Rex. <laughs> yeah. He goes, what's your name? He goes, I'm the devil. I'm here to do the devil's business. No, it was dumber than that. <laughs> but that's actually what he said to them. That guy texts. Right. He actually, yeah, exactly what words he used. Fucker. That is scary. Nope. Yeah, I know. I was like, wait a minute. It was dumber than that? No. I was like, wait, Cliff wasn't there. All right. right, right. That's sad. So then, then he's like, uh, yeah. Then he's, well, but then he says, um, you know, I'm as real as a donut, motherfucker, which I referenced. And then Cliff does the high-pitched laugh, which is fantastic. And then a oh. little over the top with the smashing of the girl's face. No, Tarantino no, listen, I don't, I'm, I'm going to oppose you on that. I thought there should be more smashing of the girl's face. See, what I heard about that violent fight before I saw it, so I think I was expecting something more. I think I was expecting that Cliff um, killed someone on ass, like that he was the violent person. I didn't know he was. You were spe expecting bone tomahawk type of? Like, right, something like, but I expected him to be the bad guy, not the, you know, defending oh, yeah, himself. Yeah, yeah. So I had no problem with him kicking ass. Yeah, I, it was I, just I, a little, yeah, it was just a oh, little. little. Like well, Tarantino likes violence. Okay, like the can throw to that fucking chick's face wasn't great. The what? The can't the, when he threw the fucking can of dog food at that chick's face and oh, that was great. shattered yeah. her nose. Yeah, and Rick has no idea any of this is going on. No, he's in the well, dog. Rick, right? And she his, falls in the pool. What was he singing? What Francesca. song was he singing? 
Hold on. What song was he singing with his headphones on? These, they're all fighting. They cut to him. Snoopy versus a Red Baron. He's singing that, and it's I'm hysterical listening to him sing it. So, so then he then he freaks out. The girl falls in the pool, blood going everywhere. He goes and get the gets the flamethrower. How many drinks in was he? You you passed over the best the best lines, which he fucking came screaming on fire into the water, and she jumps in the pool, and he just automatically says, "What the what the fuck?" Yeah, his reaction was priceless. He just thinks there's a normal night going on. He gets up and you see his like wet, fat feet walking over to like the uh, the the outhouse, wherever that was, next to the pool. It goes over the plane, bro. That's it. Was great. And then I don't know if he could really uh, handle the flamethrower. Like he he's got to be like twenty five deep drinks deep right there, right? (laughs) Yeah. He handled it. He torched it. But good thing he trained for it. And then they almost have like kind of like 14 fifths of McCluskey music when he walks back out and they have him point the gun and then he torches her. And then it's it's great. It shows the police interviewing uh, Cliff and then they were like asking about the perpetrators and he says, perpetrators? They were hippie assholes. And then he says, uh, he said um, some devil shit. He says, I'm here, to, I'm here to do some devil shit, not verbatim. Then he passed out. Yeah. Well, that was before. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And then and then uh, Cliff's in the, this is the second time he says, and away we go. That's like Cliff's line when he's in the, in, in the ambulance. And yep. that's when, and you have the little scene between Rick is, as uh, as emotional as it gets between between the you know the, these guys, it's uh, it says you're a good friend, Cliff. Yep. So supposedly it was like kind of like the relationship between Burt Reynolds and his stuntman. Who's this? Hal Needham. Oh, Hal he Needham, do, uh, great director of like Smoking the Bandit, Cannonball Run, all the yeah. Yeah, and but he was a stuntman. Stunt, yep. Did uh, awesome. There's a couple of good ones, but. But yeah, that's it's, supposedly they were the, they were the. Uh, I think the I, don't, I, I think it's it's just one of those things that you can just feel for these guys. You know, they're going separate ways now, and they meant so much to each yeah. other in life. It's like, and I think but everyone has gone through that. But again, the now you don't particularly like them. That's what, I, know, I don't know. But you root I, for I them. I do like them. I actually you root for them. I just root for them because they're so compelling. I think I can hang out. With well, you, I kind of root for Cliff. Yeah. Right. Rick, so damn I think charming. All, Rick is, Rick but is I mean, all about Rick. Rick is all about Rick, obviously. But yeah. so then it's great. Rick says, uh, like you said, they take him away. He says, just get me bagels. Go lie next to Francesca. That beautiful. Randy. What do you call her? Just take that fine. He said, find something. Yeah. But he says, uh, yeah, and then uh, Rick Rick uh, gets Rick sees Jay, right? He's yeah. Like, What's going? On? What happened? And he goes, and Rick says, my buddy and his dog killed two of them. And, well, <laughs> I torched the last one. Wait, what? I burnt his ass to a crisp. That's what he says. 
Uh, so proud of himself. And Rick says, I mean, and Jace is like, what? It's so awesome. And you see Sharon calls down and 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 Jay gives him the thumbs up, like, you're in. And you see the open. So they like obviously the gates open and it's like symbolic of his yep. opportunity opening in Hollywood yeah. again. And the music is like, you know, feel good music. And it's kind of like what could have been in real life with Sharon and right. you know, what could have been with Rick keeping the old Hollywood alive. Didn't Obviously, even that's kind of nice, the whole. Yep. Like the. Oh, when it says uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that's right. That's what happened. And it's basically saying, like, I can make my own ending. This is this the fairy it's a tale ending. It's a fairy tale ending. It's a movie. Exactly. You know, I, I don't need to. I can rewrite history because it's a movie. You know, and I'm not going to. It's not going to be the end of old Hollywood and the end of the innocence and all that. So probably gets more movies. Like he said, remember he lives next to Roman Polanski. I mean, now that he's friends with them, go to pool parties and stuff like that. But my theory is Rick dies of lung cancer within two years. <laughs> Why lung cancer, not liver cancer? Did you, his, his, Habitual cough, non his nonstop cough. Non he he smoked uh, incessantly, like butts out of the out of the tr out of his car, butts you know, on set. Just so that's just my theory. I don't think Rick was long for this world. I don't know if he was going to do the older roles of you know the young Hollywood Hollywood actors. So. Unbelievable. Great movie. One of my favorites. Fantastic. Just a feel-good movie. Just so well done. Like I said. You, you... It's, my, it's my now January movie now. It's my go-to movie after Christmas. Shift from It's a Wonderful Life and those Christmas movies to this. Ugh. Why do you do that every Jan why, why January? Just because it's your favorite movie now? It's my favorite movie. I feel like I, I saw the tradition last year of watching it in January. I, kind of, I really started watching it last year for the first time because of your suggestions around this time. So I don't know, just that month, getting out of the, getting out of that December like holiday mode and moving on to a new year. I don't know. Whatever. Kids. I, I think I don't know just, this just fantastic cinema, just entertaining as hell. Great dialogue. I'm not sure if these numbers are the most, if they're current, but this is his second highest grossing um, film. Really? Behind anyone who, anybody want to. Pulp Fiction? Not Pulp Fiction. I feel like Pulp Fiction did much bigger once it was out on video. Um, I feel like. I don't know. Glorious Bastards? No. It pat so it looks like Inglorious Bastards is third now, and uh, it's the it it says here at least, and I trust Wikipedia. It says in its ninth weekend, its global total earnings reached three hundred twenty nine point four million, surpassing Inglorious Bastards to become Tarantino's second highest global grosser behind Django Unchained. The Asylum. I've never seen Django. Yeah, what? Django Unchained. Dave, if you want to see freaking great Leo performance, you need to go watch Django. I think it's on. He's Netflix. ridiculous. He's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm. You can't. It's like it, you want to. You know the scene with him and the Bronco, the the Beano Bronco Buster. That's his whole character, almost like. Is okay. Let me ask you a question. So, is he? He's definitely our 
De Niro for our generation. I would say, yeah, that's yeah, and he's been doing it, my God, since he was freaking. It's a fair kid. comparison. I mean, he's no Melissa McCarthy according to that list of top twenty-five <laughs> actors in the two thousands. What? She's actually great, but yeah, there what? was some list that, and he wasn't yeah. on it, or she was. Hot. No, no, she was ranked higher. Somehow, Christian Bale wasn't on it. Christian Bale is arguably. I, I can say he's just as good as Leo. He's one of those guys that could. <laughs> can do anything he can do anything right have you seen ford versus ferrari yet oh yeah yes oh my yeah. god do you listen to mikey's podcast yeah come on no i don't listen to it. so Hello. do you want to give any um as we wind up here do you want to give any kind of final thoughts on once upon a time in hollywood i'll go first and i know chris has more long-winded answers so for me, this movie was just about a couple of I'm out of bullets. I'm just thinking, this movie for me was all about a couple of guys that genuinely pulled for each other um, in a, in a, in a, with a lifestyle that's completely polar opposite. And they still found common ground. I, I love that part of the movie. And like that, that finale was really the end of that era for them. Uh, just sit down. and I, I, I just like that last podcast. I get like you get emotional, like when you start thinking about time and past. And for me, I can you relate to that. And, you know, that era is gone, you're moving on to the next, you know, you can't get it back. Oh boy, no, that's that's I, I actually that's a great summation. I, I didn't even think of like the polar opposites and, and stuff like that. I to me, it's more, it's it's not even like one thing Tarantino movies a lot sometimes. But well, most of the time, don't have you don't have like emotional connection, like Pulp Fiction. You're rooting for Butch, and you're actually rooting for for Vince. Vince, is it Vince? Oh no, yeah, uh, yeah. And you're rooting for those guys, but you don't have like a like you're not like these are good people. And in yeah. this, it's not. I don't particularly like anybody. Even I just you do you do like Cliff a little. But you become, it, and it's not even you become invested in the movie. It's just so well done, so well acted. The as as Tarantino always does, maybe even best here, the music, the the place and time is is perfect. And sorry, it's sidetracked by my dog. And it's just like candy, you know what I mean? Like it's just a entertaining movie. And if if you if you're a moron who is looking for a certain plot, good guys and bad guys, this guy is to kill this guy. Oh no, it's only about an actor. It's only about then you then you just don't get it. But it's just it's I don't want to say fantastic because I've said that a hundred times already. I'll say if it. you guys fantastic. Of, if you can think of another adjective, it's it just even, we didn't even talk about the little red apple cigarette commercial right at the end there. Highly entertaining, right? The post credits. David's gone. Oh, oh yeah. The little post credit. The, the red commercial. apple post credits, right? Throwback to Tarantino. What about the green door? Was you that song for the green? All door? right. Oh yeah. Who's behind the green that, door? That shows how his career is like. Oh no. That's what he's doing but, now. He's doing guest spots. 
I'm gonna. I, I'm. I'm honestly gonna watch it again after. One idea. of my buddies, one of my buddies was like, "You, you, you watched it again?" When I first, when it first came out, he's like, "You watched it again?" It's like I, I just. It's infinitely rewatchable, and it's one of those movies where it's so long that you can just pick up if it's on. You just watch it where yep. where it's at. All right, folks. Good. Great movie. Can't wait to do another one. So the first two that we did here, even Dave kind of picked both. Well, no, I, I guess I picked It's a Wonderful Life. And I knew he I was. I think It's a Wonderful Life picked the podcast, really. That's what right. kicked everything This is on. true. This is true. And then Dave suggested this. So do you Obviously, have a suggestion for uh, next time? I was going to. We will. I'll have to ponder that. I'm, we'll, we'll talk about. You know, I know Dave wants to do like the graduate or something like that. Oh, oh my God, the graduate, Mikey! I try to get him to watch it. How many times have I told you to watch it, Mikey? At least How, six. It's one of the best movies of all time for me. So, but we'll think about what we want this pod to be as far as the movie. You know, what kind okay. of movies we're doing. But no so matter cool. what, no matter what it is, fine, it will be a fine movie. With some fine spirits. Well, hold on. Hold on. That's how I wanted to end. We talk about great movies while drinking. We talk about great movies while drinking. Yeah, we talk about great movies while drinking. We feel fine. You, you root for these people like you root for Roy Schneider and Jaws. Roy Schneider, the star of Jaws. Roy Schneider, not Roy Schneider. No. Mikey, clip that. <laughs> I'm saying Mikey, cut that for the end. That is the end. We have our Rob end. Schneider. Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider. Oh, you weigh how you root for Rob Schneider in Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. Hi, this is Rick Dalton, better known as Bounty Hunter Jake Cahill, speaking on behalf of Red Apple Cigarettes. Now, I smoke Red Apples, been smoking them for years, but since the Red Apple Tobacco Company's been around since 1862, you'll see Jake Cahill smoke Red Apple too. Now, back in Jake's day, Red Apple came in a pouch and he had to roll his own. But today, Red Apple comes factory rolled for the best drag with the best tobacco flavor, with less burn on your throat than any other non-filtered cigarette. <laughs> mm. well, that's the way a cigarette should taste. Hmm. Better drag, more flavor, less throat burn. That's the red apple way. So look for this life-size standee of me, Jake Cahill, wherever fine red apple tobacco products are sold. Take a bite and feel all right. Take a bite of a red apple. Tell them Jake sent you. And All right, this cigarette tastes like fucking shit. And by the way, who chose this photo, all right? I have a double chin, all right? Nobody notices that crap.